0: hello there and welcome to odessa first assembly's weekly podcast where we bring you the heart of our sunday message i'm tony your host and the face behind our digital ministry we're excited to dive into today's sermon exploring the word of god together so grab your coffee find a comfy spot and let's embark on this journey of faith without further ado here's this week's sermon december 1st we started the thing of going through the Book of Luke online, and so how many? How, did anybody see that? How many saw that? Yeah, a few of you did, and so we're asking you to interact with that, like share it. You can go on YouTube on our channel there and share it that way. But the, for the next till December 24th, we're going to go through a chapter in Luke um, numerically all the way through Luke until Christmas Eve. It's just something that's going to be really cool. Already, just a great response, and so. Um, keep that in mind and uh, look for it. It's going to be what? What time does it drop every day, Tony? Seven o'clock. And so, uh, so stay tuned for that. We ask you to like, share it if it's just, if you're not on social media, but you can go on YouTube. You know, copy the link, send it out to people you know. It's just a great witnessing tool and the talk about the Lord, which. Um, just an easy way to do that. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Colossians and the book of Romans. As you can see, we have a bas- bas- baptismal tank, whatever it's called—a water tank, horse trough—and uh, you cannot imagine how many times I thought about if I didn't have to speak in an Imperial this afternoon, I'd just jump in, like part of illustration. Wouldn't that be funny? Um, but we're going to be talking about baptism. I don't think I've ever preached a sermon just dedicated on what baptism means. I'm going to do that this morning. And uh, I do want to ask for your prayers. And I'm going to pray just a moment, as we always do, um, just in case you don't know, uh, you know, over the last year, um, just over a year ago, October was a year, we uh, we have done a co- something called uh, Parent Affiliate Church. And what that means is we've taken some churches... Under our wing. And one of those is a church here in town. They're the very north end of town. Um, Used to be Cornerstone, now called Restoration. It's right next door to the stadium. And uh, they are doing well. Um, Their attendance is doing well. I think they've water baptized about 10 people this year. Seen lots of people saved and people feeling the Holy Spirit. It's a good work happening there. And so remember the Malinados, Josue and Audrey, and pray for them. But here recently, we also have taken on another endeavor, and that's in Imperial, Texas. And uh, it's a whole different scenario, a whole different thing. And and really what I'm praying is, is that Imperial kind of will be a gateway to Crane and uh, a gateway to Fort Stockton. And so if you part of our heart and part of my heart is, is that. Uh, we just want to see healthy churches. We want to see people reaching people and disciples making disciples and um, I know some would say, you know I, I kind of laugh sometimes because you know when pre- people refer to our church because I, I think about that I think, you know, we don't have the size to do this We don't have the money to do this, but I believe it's a mandate the Lord has put in my heart and so I think it is also for us as a church and and um, and listen, I, I know there's lots of churches in Odessa. There are, I know there are substantially large churches. But when somebody refers to our church as a small church, um, and in light of some, you know, a church that runs two thousand, we are a small church. And uh, but the reality is, is our church, and I've mentioned this before, but in the nation, we are in the top fifteen percent of church size. I want you to process that for That can either be an awesome thing or maybe an eye-opening thing. That, that can be either way. And so, but what, we, what I do know is, as part of our mission as believers is to get as many people to heaven as we can. And uh, that's here at 1101 North Lee, that's uh, on Yukon Street, that's um, our sister churches in Midland, and that's also in Imperial, Texas. And because uh, I, I believe that every person counts and every person deserves the right to hear the gospel. And uh, the Lord has given us that influence to do that. And so pray for us. If you wanna go, we have service at three o'clock in Imperial, you are welcome to go and join us anytime you want to. Um, we're just kind of um, going with the flow right now. Um, they went without a pastor for a while and it's, it's a congregation about 10. And, um, and so we're just kind of just meeting them right where they are. We're not changing anything. We do praise and worship through YouTube and uh, it's 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 been a lot of fun but pray for us because i believe not just me but i think the holy spirit has has buena vista school district in his crosshairs and i want to see god do something on that campus let's pray father lord before we read our text today i just ask that you bless imperial lord that your hand is be upon them Lord, I pray that uh, even right now, Lord, that just a drawing happen of the community, of the school, Lord, that you would just impact people there in a special way. We pray for salvations, we pray for souls, and we thank you for it, Lord. I pray for our church, Lord. I pray for workers, laborers in the field, Lord, to take part in the harvest, Lord. I pray for that we see souls saved and healed and delivered and filled in the Holy Spirit here. And Lord, as we look into your word today, I pray that our hearts be good soil. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Colossians chapter. Thank you. I appreciate that. Colossians chapter two and Romans chapter eight is where we're going to be looking this morning. I'm preaching to you about this. simple message this morning about I have decided it's going to be a whole lot of scripture, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. So we're gonna look what the Bible says about baptism, possibly a little more teaching than preaching. But let's read these verses together. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. Now, if you're a Bible underliner or a highlighter, this, is the, this next sentence is important, the next two. For you were buried, buried, buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God. Who raised Christ from the dead you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins let's read Romans chapter 6 Romans chapter 6 beginning in verse 1 well then should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace of course not Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm giving you what the scripture says. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? This is also one of those important phrases. If you are one of those that mark on your Bible, that's okay. The Lord loves you still. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism and just as christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of our father now we may live new lives since we have been united with him in his death we will also be raised to life as he was we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives we no longer are slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we, will, we, we, we know we will also live with him. Two really powerful passages of scripture about the meaning of baptism. And very simply, what we read in these two passages, and so many more that we're gonna look at, is that when we get into that water, and, that, and we get lowered down by immersion, completely covered, that old sinful man goes to the grave. And when we come out, and we come up out of that water, we are raised to new life in Christ Jesus. And it's such a powerful symbolism. I mean, and so what Paul is writing in Romans chapter six, he's writing about sanctification. And put very simply, I know I talk about this a lot, but I, I want to talk to you about it again just very quickly about what sanctification means. And sanctification In sanctification, God is progressively separating believers from sin and making them more like himself. There's something we understand as believers, and and I, I, I don't have the scripture references ready just to quote to you. I should have, but the scriptures tell us that part of what the gospel does, the good news, is that it causes us to transform, to change into the image of Jesus. Now, I'm not saying that we're little gods. I mean, there's a lot of very um, weird theology out right now about being little Christ and little gods and all that kind of stuff. But I am here to tell you that because of the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, a transformation happens in us on a daily basis that changes us from what we were into what God wants us to be. And so that's why one of our sayings here is growing, people change. And I'm very bluntly going to say, if you are not changing, then you are not growing. Growing in Christ means change. If I act the same way I did 10 years ago when I declared that I made a profession of faith in Jesus and I act the same way I did 10 years ago, I am not growing. And the argument could even be presented scripturally, not my opinion, but did I really even get saved 10 years ago? Because if we are saved we are going to change if we are saved we are going to change and so paul he opens up especially romans 6 and here's what i want you to know it's not that christians don't or can't sin anymore listen i i know we're not all perfect we all haven't arrived yet It's not that we don't or can't sin, but what we need to know is the power of sin has no hold on us. Meaning this, there were things we did that we were a part of, that we were almost driven to sin. I don't think I have to be just really descriptive about what that means. I think for each one of us, it's something different. Some different chain in our life, some different bondage in our life that we partook of that we know did not please the Lord and the Holy Spirit convict us of. And so what happens is, is that it shifts our nature and the more we are faithful to the Lord, the more that we grow, the more that we change, we leave that old nature behind. That is sanctification. That is the process. I mean, we live in a world that is marked by just a lot of godless, godlessness. I mean, to put it blunt, right? I mean, we know that we are surrounded by it. It's in our culture, it's, it's in our entertainment, it's in our music, it's in so many areas. But I'm gonna tell you, it is, there, there is something that I believe that you, you as a believer, we, we can't be selfish over anything except one thing, and that is you getting to heaven. I don't want to say even your salvation because we need to spread the gospel as much as we can, but I'm going to tell you, do not let anything keep you out of heaven. It's not going to be worth it. Being surrounded by temptations and sinful behavior will increase the tendency to justify sin I'm going to say that again being surrounded by temptations and sinful behavior will increase the tendency to justify sin our freedom in christ should not be used as an excuse to sin nor should we um nor should our life be um you know go to the place of of, of legalism we should resist sin and realize of how much we need god's grace And God's grace is so much more than just forgiving us and covering us and washing us. But his grace empowers us, walking out life, being saved. And Paul says, because of the grace of God is so powerful, should we sin the more? No, of course not. The idea that someone to claim to believe the gospel while planning to continue and sin to Paul, according to Romans chapter 6, is preposterous. Like it doesn't even make sense. You cannot believe in the gospel and choose willfully to live in rebellion to the Lord. It's going to get better, I promise. This is truth we need to hear. So to make the answer clear, Paul says this concept. We died in relation to sin and it's all because of Christ's death. And when we identify with Jesus, that old man dies and we become a brand new creation. Isn't that the promise? If any man be in Christ, what is he? He is a new creation. And so what water baptism does, it's a reminder that we are dead to sin. Water baptism is a reminder that we are dead to sin. But you know, even when we were singing that song, I you know, I'm not sure how long that song, that last song we sang uh, has been on the schedule or what they prepared for. But you know, part of that song says is that you know, we don't have a comprehension of what it cost Jesus to go to the cross. My vernacular, but the essence of what the song says. And that's one of my points today is our sin costs the life of someone perfect. If it costs the life of someone perfect, and we say we have come to Jesus and we're followers of Jesus and we profess that publicly by being baptized, immersed in water and, and brought out of that water, why would we continue to live in sin? Right? Why would we... Con- it, the, the, the way we live either justifies his death or mocks his death. And so what I want to encourage you today is this for all of us. Listen, I there are times in my life I have this roller coaster of where that sinful nature rises up and I realize, you know what? I haven't pursued the Lord as I should have pursued the Lord. I haven't been in his presence like I should have been in his presence. I haven't been in his word as I should have been in his word. And we all battle. There's this war. And Paul writes about that. Romans 5, 6, and 7. There is this battle, and I do things I don't want to do, and you know, this whole tug of war that happens. And the way we win that battle is to say no to sin and yes to God. I mean, and he empowers us to live out that decision. That's the beautiful thing. You don't have to do it alone or by yourself. But why don't some get baptized? We, I want you to just follow along. And so um, I, I think this will speak to you. I think this is important to understand Why some don't get baptized. Don't underestimate the importance of water baptism. And I think some people have a trivial view of what it means to be baptized. But it is a very important command of Scripture to be baptized in water. I mean, Jesus gives us an example at the beginning of his ministry And he also closed, I mean, some of his last words before he ascends, Matthew 28, 19, therefore grant all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He began his ministry that way, and he left this earth and the ascension that way of, of trying to make people understand the importance of being baptized. Some people don't get baptized because they're more committed to a church tradition than the scripture. And that's something that could be said about a lot of things. Being more committed to a church tradition than the scripture. Listen, it rises and falls on what the scripture tells us, not what my nanny told me. Now, my grandmother had a profound spiritual influence in my life. And she told me a whole lot more good than bad. But I'm going to tell you as I've lived out life, I have learned the weight is applied. The foundation is scripture, not what somebody told me. And so listen, there are all kinds of, and, and, and the move from sprinkling to baptism, you're not turning your back on a, on, on a, a heritage. You're just obeying what scripture has told us to do. I mean, that is really, I mean, Roman Catholicism, Presbyterians, some Methodists, Lutherans. I mean, they all believe in sprinkling. You know, some Methodists, I was thinking, back when I was in La Mesa, Um, there was a Methodist church that didn't have a baptism, but some of their people wanted to be immersed. And so they would come use our baptism. And I remember one time, you know, the pastor called me, Hey, we are going to do some baptisms. Can we use your baptism? I said, awesome. Great. I'll have it ready. And then that's the last time I thought about it. And so Sunday morning, there's this knock on my door at the house. We lived right next door to the, to the church and the parsonage. And, uh, I, I I was dead asleep in my Sunday nap and opened the door and I see all these people out in front of my house. I'm like, what are y'all doing here? <laughs> I was like, I forgot about the baptism. But some Methodists, they do believe in immersion. So listen to me. The scriptural standard is not sprinkling. It is immersion. The word baptism, that's exactly what it means, is immersion. And I, we do not believe in infant baptism because and when a lot of ceremonies and in infant baptism... I mean, the, the, what is described is, is that that baptism absolves that infant of their sins. Well, friend, there is only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. We have to come to the place and realize that we are sinful men and women in need of a savior and we confess him as Lord, the Bible says then we are saved, then the next step is baptism by immersion. And now listen to me, I know for health reasons and other circumstances, sometimes it's not possible, it's not possible um, to be baptized by immersion. And I would tell you in that case, get baptized however you can. Some don't get baptized because of pride. I don't want people to see me wet. I, I can assure you that any of those that get baptized this morning, once they come out of that water, there's nobody in the room we're going to be thinking, I wondered what they look like wet. <laughs> That's, we're usually celebrating, right? What will people think of me? People will know that I'm not perfect. We knew that before today. And there's another reason that some are truly not being followers of Jesus. A scripture that could be used for many things is Luke chapter six and 46. Jesus saying, why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? This is boy, if this don't cut you to the quick man, every time I read this verse, it's like, oh, it just kind of hits you hard. Why do you, why don't you do what I say then? So baptism is a command. It's a command from Jesus. We see it lined out in Scripture. It is baptism by immersion. We see in Mark chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Remember, we're going to look at a lot of Scripture. We're probably going to do this really fast. Mark 1, 4. John appeared baptized. This is John the Baptist, baptizing in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for their forgiveness of sins. And all the country. Everybody say all. All. the country of Judea and all. Everybody say All. Of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized him in. It doesn't say by, it says in the Jordan River. Matter of fact, the first century church, it was really important for baptism to happen in a river because a river was flowing. And it was important to them. That signified the washing away of the sin, washing away the sins as we made a profession in Jesus. Now, it's, it's a little hard to find a flowing river in Odessa, Texas. I mean, we could go down in the park, but um, I, I, we'll, we're fine with the tank. All the country baptizing him and the Jordan were confessing their sins. You see, and it's always synonymous confessing sin and being baptized. John 3 23, John was baptizing at Anan and Salam because water was plentiful there. He was baptizing there. Why? Because water was plentiful and people were coming to be baptized. Acts eight thirty six, And they were going along the road. They came to some water. This is the eunuch, right? Philip and the eunuch. They were going along the road. You know, Philip was opening up Isaiah to this, 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 uh, this eunuch and they were having this conversation. And he says, here's some water. What prevents me from being baptized? And then verse 38. He commanded the chariot to stop. And they went down. Everybody say, Into. They went into the water and baptized them. Of course, the Greek word baptizo means immersion. Baptism number two is this. That's a public declaration of your faith. Mark chapter one, verse five. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him. Remember, we just read this verse being baptized him. And the river Jordan confessing their sins. They, so these people are being baptized, confessing their sins, and they're surrounded by all Judea and all Jerusalem. And so they had a, a multitude of people seeing them make a profession of faith. Matthew three fourteen. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized. This is, you know, Jesus and John. John's like, I'm not worthy to baptize you, Jesus. But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for all of us to fulfill all righteousness. And that's what we're doing. We're fulfilling what the Lord has commanded us. And I know that maybe some of us, I, I was raised in a generation that I heard this all the time. There's two things you don't talk about. You don't talk about politics and religion. And we don't live in that society anymore, do we? I mean, everybody's, everybody's arguing about politics and, and religion. But the reality is this, is there's all kinds of factors that we are dealing with as believers. I mean, we live in a time and an era that I, I myself, I didn't think we would ever see. That I would see in my lifetime. And the reality is, is that we still must share our faith, no matter how much it seems that society is against us. The Bible says that it's for some to plant, some to water, but it's God that makes the increase. Our job to obey is to share the gospel. It is to talk about this wonderful religion and relationship that we have in Jesus. Another reason why people don't talk about it it seems like in our society is that there are less and less that really adhere to have a biblical worldview in our society. I mean, we have people in our churches that don't believe that hell is real. We have people in our churches that don't believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. We have people in our churches that believe a lot of crazy things. But I'm gonna tell you, we need to live out a Christianity that is based on what Scripture teaches us and not society. No matter how odd it makes us look. Right? We're alien. We, we're, we're, we don't fit in anyway. The Scripture says we are aliens here. And of course, more than ever, I mean, you know, younger generations have been told to believe anything you want and identify whatever as you want. And, and uh, it's, it's just, it's craziness. It really is. I mean, when you look at it, all really what's happened is, is kind of a fulfillment of scripture is that because of people's godlessness, they have been turned over to these passions that rule them. But Jesus is still the answer. Jesus is still the answer for the world today. He's still the answer baptism is an illustration of what Jesus has done for all of us. And we remember that I love and I it's been a while I've, I've gotten out of the groove. I think maybe since COVID, I kind of really need to get creative again. I, I've always tried to be illustr— you know, do illustrations. And I've done many for the past. We've done illustrated sermons. We've done, you know, illustrated uh, Easter things. And I mean, next week we'll have a have a have a Christmas play and the that's what really we need to process is that we're illustrating, we're, we're giving out a living parable to the world around us when we get baptized. Because when we get baptized, we are saying, yes, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and was placed in the grave as we were being immersed. And he came out of that grave three days later. We are giving an illustration of what Jesus has done for all of us. In Colossians 2.12, it says, having been buried with him in what? Everybody say it with me. Baptism, in which you were also raised through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Now, maybe some very important aspects. Do you have to be baptized to be saved? No. You do not have to be baptized to be saved. There are Traditions and, and religions and organizations that teach you have to be water baptized to be saved. I do not, is baptism a command? Yes, it is, but it is not a prerequisite for salvation. Salvation is salvation. Mark 16, 15. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Yes, that does say believes and baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. But do you notice what it does not say? It does not say whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe and is, is, is not baptized will be condemned. We can believe and be saved and still make our way to heaven. The Bible says it's, the, it's what happened with a thief on the cross. Is that, do you remember what happened? There was the one thief that was cursing at Jesus and, and, and scoffing at him and making fun of him Luke 23, 39. And but there was this other thief, this other criminal. Don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? And he kind of, he's defending Jesus. We deserve to die for our crimes. But this man was perfect, innocent. He doesn't de- deserve to die. And he asked Jesus, he says, Jesus, would you... Just remember me when you go. I know my fate is sealed. But you just remember me when you go into the kingdom. But Jesus responds with something that is just tells us who our God is. I'm just not going to remember you, but today when I go into the kingdom, you're coming with me. Amen. <laughs> Jesus always does it better, doesn't he? Always goes further, always does more. That's just who he is. So we don't have to be baptized to be saved, but when should I get baptized now now well not now now, but well maybe I don't know but not now now. Here in a minute some will, some will be doing that and I said we had a lot of passages we're going to read we're going to read through ten different passages right now. Are you ready? you're going to follow with me acts two thirty seven Now when they had heard this, remember this is the day of Pentecost, Peter preaches. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, so the Holy Spirit convicted them, And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was a now thing. Verse 41, as that day continued, the days afterwards. So those who received his word were what? Baptized. And they were added that day, about 3,000 souls. Acts chapter 8, verse 12. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom, in the name of Jesus they were baptized, both men and women. Acts twenty two, sixteen. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. I love this part. This is you know one of my favorite my, my favorite part of Acts is not Acts two. It's, that's my second favorite, not because it's Acts two, but Acts chapter 10, I love Cornelius and his house. I love the whole, how this whole thing unfolds, especially when it comes to salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but also with baptizing. So Peter at, is at Cornelius' house. Can anyone withhold water for baptizing these people who've received, received the Holy Spirit just as I have? So you know what that tells us? You can get filled in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues before you get dunked. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked him to remain for some days. Acts 16, the one who heard was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart and she paid attention to what was being said by Paul. And after she was baptized, her and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. Acts chapter 16. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be? So this is Paul and Silas in the prison, right? And so they get arrested for preaching the gospel. It's midnight. They're worshiping, right? And, and the, you know, the jail starts to shake. Their, their chains are loose. The, the doors of the prison are opened up. The, the jailer's fixing to fall on his own sword. But they give the gospel to the jailer. And so we see in verse 30, he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is the jailer. And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. But look what happens, verse 33. And he took them the same hour of night. So we're talking right after midnight. He takes them home, washes their wounds, and then he gets baptized. We haven't hit breakfast yet. Acts 18. There's this rule of a synagogue. He believed in the Lord together with his entire household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were what? They were baptized. You can read the same thing in Acts chapter 19. Baptism is that important. It is that important. I do want to say this very quickly. I never something we do here, we teach here, we believe here. Is that whatever the Lord is contending in your heart, if it's the Lord, it's the Holy Spirit to follow that. And that that may require you to respond to an altar call or, or certain prayer emphasis. And I also believe it has to do with baptism. Now, what we do, it's important, I believe, as we make that public profession of faith, that we do it with a community of people that know us and where we have come from. And so I say that to all say this, if right now you're hearing, and listen, we have done spontaneous baptisms before. And so if you feel that, I mean, I know you may not have a change of clothes and you're in your church clothes, but you're like, I've got to do this now. We will baptize you right now this morning. But I also say, if we can schedule it, then maybe you can get some lost family here, some lost friends here, and you'll illustrate what Jesus has done for you by going to that water and coming out of that water, and you'll preach to your family. Either way is fine. I'm just telling you that if, that, that if you feel that impression you don't get baptized today, we'll do it. But th- we have a lot of baptisms. And so that's okay, because we're going to do it again soon, probably. If we've got to do one before Christmas, we'll do it. So I'm just, I'm just letting you know. But number four is this, I think the most important thing, and I close with this, is that baptism does not mean perfection. Baptism does not mean perfection. Now, I, I, I believe, you know, the, the reality is this, is you can go down, a, go down a dry center and come up a wet one, meaning that nothing in your life changes. But I also believe if you've come to that place, And you have asked Christ to come in your life to be the Lord of your life. And you've truly surrendered and said, God, whatever, by the power of your grace, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm going to tell you, you may go down one person, you're going to come up entirely different. And maybe that should be a reminder to some of us, maybe you've already been baptized, should remind you that that old person that was lost in sin and addiction and pain and life was in turmoil and messed up. When you raised up out of that water, it was a symbolism of what God is doing in your life. Does that mean from that moment till now, you've gotten it all perfect? No. No, it doesn't mean that. We, we fail. We fail daily. We mess up. We, we get it wrong. And did you know, none of that takes God by surprise? He's like, man, I just thought Sharman was perfect. I can't believe she did that. I know I just shocked some of you because some of you thought Sharman was perfect. Amen. I, I use myself a lot, so I'd use somebody else. So sorry, Sharman. But man, just because we fall down, Somebody needs to hear this right now. Just because you fail, doesn't mean you're a failure. Just because you fail, it doesn't make you a failure. One of my favorite promises, a man may fall, it's it's in scripture, a man may fall down six times, but a righteous man gets up seven but a righteous man gets up seven. And so, yeah, when you look back, you you may have messed up. You may have have messed up royally since that moment. Baptism doesn't mean you're perfect. It means you're allowing God to do that work in your life to take you from where you were to where he wants you to be. Would you stand with me this morning? If you're a candidate this morning and you're going to be baptized, we want to ask you now to slip out and change and get ready. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more inspirational messages. Connect with us on social media at Odessa First AG. And if you'd like to support our ministry, visit OdessaFirstAssembly.com forward slash giving. Until next time, stay blessed.